Hello, Chris Christopher here on my podcast, Friendless Life on Your Term. A very good friend of mine, Jane Morell. How are you? I'm great, Chris. I'm really, really well. How are you? Very good. Sorry it took a while to get connected, but I'm technically <laughs> challenged, as we said. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Pleasure. Great to be here. Now, I'm not going to go through all your list of accolades and awards, but I'm going to mention a couple recent ones. Now, like myself, you won the 2019 Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Mm -hmm. We, we yep. both represented Cubs, so I was very proud and happy of that. <laughs> but the second one, which I was even more ecstatic that you won and happy, you got voted in the 2020 Most Influential Women Awards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was um, such an amazing um, accolade to receive and also super unexpected. Um, it was actually voted by the Federal Minister for Small Business, Michaela Cash. Um, so she was behind the panel of herself and a panel for the age and also the Sydney Morning Herald. So it was, I was chuffed and like I said, um, super excited and completely unexpected and very humbled um, when there are so, in, so many incredible and amazing female entrepreneurs out there. Like yourself and I know you're very modest, Shane, but for me, <laughs> that's one that's very special in my heart because my, my wife as well is a female entrepreneur and being yeah. the father of three daughters, I can't tell you how important that is to me. And Absolutely. seeing a female's shake it up in the, in, in the entrepreneurial world is fantastic. It's exciting. It and is. Puts a bit more pressure on us, which is even better. So I'm really, <laughs> really good to hear. Now, exactly. yeah. tell us a bit about yourself and your company. And, sure. I, and it resonates a lot with me because you deal with people with disabilities. So tell us a bit about your company, please. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my company is an organization who works directly with people with disability. And what we do is we work with people with disability to empower them to employ and direct their own care arrangements. So if someone wants to essentially employ their own support workers, my company does all the administration for them to make that employment possible. So we do things like pay their support workers wages, the superannuation, the work cover, the insurances. We take care of all the employment obligations. So the person with disability um, looks up, basically runs their own show. So they do their own selection of their own workers. They do their own rostering. They're basically managing everything, the day-to-day -day of everything and, and being empowered to exercise choice control and then having us in the background is basically their, their admin team really when did you start your business I started my business in 2011 so it's been quite a, a while now so we had a nine-year anniversary in June this year um, and we're just going through an exciting phase at the moment of, of growth um, and scale and also rebrand at the, at the minute. So there's a lot going on for us right now um, and really sort of the next iteration of, of CSA. Well, CSA Australia Care Solutions, well, it's fantastic. Um, I've, I went through the uh, rebrand in my 10-year mark. I've been going for 15 years. And let me tell you, Jane, I definitely don't envy what you're going to go through <laughs> because it's, it's definitely... Uh, Painful, but it's also exciting too. To be in business nine years, that's, that's a hell of an achievement. Now, yeah. I understand your father was an entrepreneur as well, but what made you wanted to get to become an entrepreneur and what made you get into the disability side of, of entrepreneurial? 
journey? Sure, sure. I think for me, you know, ever since I was little, ever since I was a kid, I was, I was very, very curious. Um, I just always was fascinated in, you know, the way things would operate or sitting in a restaurant and wondering how, you know, what happens when the waitress puts the order in and then the food comes out. Like just always that way, wired that way in terms of my thinking. Um, and then as I grew up, I, I sort of, I knew I wanted to work for myself in some kind of capacity. Um, and then, you know, you sort of go through university, you get into a career um, and you're realising sort of where you're, the way that you think and you're growing and you're learning and you're evolving as a human and you're, you're gravitating towards, I guess, what you enjoy and, and you're, I, I sort of had this, I guess, journey of discovery a little bit where, I went overseas and I lived in Japan for a couple of years and I was working over there and teaching English and I just thought I really love being around people um, and I want to be more focused around working with people and, and producing, you know, outcomes for people um, and improving lives in some kind of a way and I didn't realise what that way was. Um, until I got back from, from living over there um, in Tokyo and I thought, I, I actually kind of just sort of fell into the disability sector. Um, I worked for an organisation that I was just writing some grant applications for them actually. And those grant applications were, you know, they were getting over the line, they were getting some really great outcomes. And I thought, wow, it's really nice to be on the side where I'm working, you know, to to affect people, to affect change and actually working to better people's lives. So that's how I, that was my connection with disability. I hadn't been sort of exposed to it prior or anything like that. And that was my first exposure. And I thought, this is really fulfilling work. This is, this is making me feel complete in some way. And it's also more aligned to my personality. And I think I had a moment there where I just thought, I guess I was in my late twenties at the time. And I had a moment where I thought, I really feel that as a human, you have to do something that's aligned to who you are as a person. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy. I mean, we're all working in jobs or if you're in a corporate career or whatever you've been doing, if you haven't found your sort of, you know, I guess where what resonates with you and what's closely aligned to who you are as a person, you're not going to enjoy the experience. Um, and that that was where I was coming from. And, and then, you know, when I obviously came into the, the space where I was affecting people, affecting change and improving people's lives in some way, I realized, okay, well now if I just find and create something out of what I'm doing here um, and move this forward, this could be really amazing. And this could be what I've been looking for probably my whole life at that point. And, and you know, I did and things, things continued from that point. Well, that's amazing. And look to, um... I know you're involved with a lot of NDIS stuff as well. And that's another thing that's very close to me because I have a deaf son who um, I know we've mentioned before offline. Yeah, when we've yeah, been speaking. Yeah, so yeah. anyone that can help any human being, I think is remarkable, but especially helping someone with a disability and showing that caring, nurturing side of a human being, I think besides the fact there's financially rewarding being a successful business owner like yourself, which is no mean feat to be turning over 20 million in such a short period of time. So well done to that. And a lot of entrepreneurs will take their hat off to you. But the sort of work that you do is remarkable because you're helping people that really, really need your help. And I was always um, drawn to you. A, a, you were at Cub and we won that award together. When I heard what you do for a living, it really, I thought, it opened my heart up to you and say, wow, what an amazing person. So well done, Jane, for everything you're doing. Now, your father was an entrepreneur too, wasn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he's um, he ran his own businesses um, throughout, you know, while I was growing up. So I think I had, you know, I was exposed to that and I saw him, you know, go through his challenges and all the, the trials and tribulations and all the roller coaster that you go on as a business owner. So I think I saw that firsthand. And I think a lot of my, um, definitely my determination and my resilience, I, I definitely get from my father. So, um, you know, watching him go on that journey um, made me think you know I, I i feel like um you know i want to i want i want to live that existence and i think i want to um you know really sort of make an impact where i can and and that's what it's been you know for me it's it's really that fulfillment around making an impact and, and being a positive influence in the world which you know you don't often get in many jobs and and i you know take this position um as i know you do really seriously in terms of you know there's it, there's a huge level and amount of responsibility that comes with running a business and especially if you are running something that is making a, an impact in a space like the NDIS it's um, it's super rewarding uh, and to be able to grow and scale this thing which is obviously the ultimate aim and what we're working on at the moment is I see as a really big privilege um, and super grateful for, for all the opportunities I've been given to to get the business to this point for sure question do you think because of your father you became an entrepreneur or that influenced your decision or you would have become an entrepreneur anyway being, you know, growing up as an entrepreneur, do you think yeah. that had an impact on your career path? I think so, definitely. I definitely think so because my dad's been a massive influence on my life and I certainly do look up to him. I've all, he's always been the person that I've gone to and defaulted to for any sort of advice. Um, I think I'm probably myself and maybe one other sibling, I think my younger sister are probably most like my dad in my family. I come from a family of there's six of us. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of siblings, but you know I think um, yeah my younger sister and I probably think a lot like my dad and are wired that way. So I guess I gravitated towards him naturally growing up and and watched him and and you know learned a lot. And like I said, I was just such a curious kid um, that I just sit there and just wonder how things happened. And I'd ask my dad those questions, you know, um, and he'd sort of give me the time uh, the time of day to sort of respond in a pretty comprehensive way. So yeah, I think most definitely. Definitely. You've mentioned quite a few times, which I find it um, imperative as an entrepreneur. You said curious many times. You're a curious kid. You're a curious entrepreneur. And I think you have to question all the things. One thing that I found very um, funny that I didn't even know about you, Jane, you wanted to be a detective if you want to be an entrepreneur. Is that correct? <laughs> that's embarrassing. embarrassingly correct. Yes, that's and right. And you carried a highlighter over in your highlight everything because you wanted to highlight the facts. Is that right? <laughs> That's exactly right. That was my that was my line whenever anybody queried me on that. Yes. I absolutely love that. I was laughing for about three, four minutes when I heard that. Oh, what are you doing? I'm highlighting the facts that I thought, wow, that's amazing. I you know. know like, being curious as a kid, like the other day I worked in, and I've got three daughters and a son. Yeah. And they were playing in their cubby house. And yep. they've got their little um, hand sanitizer. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? They go, wash, clean your hands, daddy, before you come in. Okay, where's your mask? Because we don't have a mask. There's no COVID here. We're COVID-free land. And I thought, wow, that's what my seven-year-old said. And as unfortunately, every conversation we have in this day and age has to come up with that, the ugly question or the topic at hand. How has COVID affected your business? What have you done to pivot? Yeah, yeah, really interesting question. I think for us, um, there was concern around COVID to begin with, just because disability hadn't been mentioned as an essential service in the first few weeks. Wow. So it took, 
excuse me, from memory about two or three weeks at the beginning of all this to, for it to be deemed that way. And once it was, um, we knew that we could continue, you know, quite happily along in terms of business as per usual. I think for our community, there was probably a lot of anxiousness and a lot of angst because, you know, when you're employing people or bringing people into your home, um, you know, there are a lot of families that don't want to do that anymore for fear of COVID and what's going on. But for us, it was just super important to maintain a really open dialogue and always have communication with the partners. Partners is the term that we use to refer to our clients and their support workers. And it was really important to keep the lines of communication open, um, constantly, you know, distribute information to the partner base. But for us, in terms of actual impact on the business, um, it has, hasn't fortunately had a huge impact, which is actually really good. Um, if anything, there was just more reliance and more onus on us to be more communicative, I guess, with our partner base around changes with WorkSafe, changes, you know, with different things like OHS, which have happened as a result of COVID. I think the first lockdown um, was interesting because it probably, it, you know, it sort of took everyone by surprise. But I think now that we're in lockdown number two here in Victoria anyway, um, people have settled into a bit of a rhythm. Um, and if there's a drop or if there has been a drop, it's been very slight. But the reason behind that is families would be more comfortable now caring for a loved one rather than having a support worker or support workers that they employ sort of in and out of the home for, for reasons around COVID. Um, but, you know, it hasn't been uh, detrimental, which is, which is great. That's, a, that's a lovely to hear. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then I'm going to give you a quick fire round of 20 quick fire questions. Okay. What would you, um, what would you advise a young entrepreneur that's trying to get in, start their first business? What tips will you give them tips and tricks? Yeah. Wow. Um, God, so many, we can write a book, right? <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think number one would just be to, you know, um, just just persist, just just don't stop. I think you've just got to be, you know, you've just got to be relentless um, in your pursuit to, to, you know, be successful and, and your pursuit to achieve what you want to achieve and, and have that, you know, when you do get knocked down and you will get knocked down or you do feel dejected or disappointed, just believe, just continue to believe in yourself and your product or whatever it is that you, that you have. Believe in the idea um, and, you know, keep persisting to make that happen with just that relentless, you know, passion and that desire that you have. And, and remember why you're starting your business. Like, what is your why? Um, I think that's also really important. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we talk about that a lot because our business is obviously purpose-driven. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of businesses, you've just got to think about why you've started. When, you, when times get tough and the chips are down and you're feeling like you should pack it all in, and we've all been there many times, you've just got to remind yourself why you do what you do. And, and for me, you know, the why is being able to walk into a family's home and talk to them about our service and for the family to turn around and it's, you know, five minutes of paperwork and it's three hours of just coffee and conversation about all the negative experiences they've had in the disability sector. And then when you're walking out to leave, they turn around, they say to you, you know, thank you so much. It's just made a world of difference to have a provider that comes into my home, that takes the time, um, that wants to create a relationship with my family and understand the, the journey and the hardship that we've been on. And, and for me, I, you know, I take my mind back to, cast my mind back to when I started the business. And that was obviously my role was doing that in the beginning. 
Um, it's obviously not anymore, but I, that's my why. And when I need to think of why I'm motivated and what pushes me forward, it would be those experiences. Um, but yeah, remember your why. Definitely keep persisting when, you know, there are naysayers out there or there are people telling you can't do what you do um, because you can definitely achieve anything if you just believe in yourself. You're a testament to I love naysayers because they motivate me. And that's why I want to join my <laughs> podcast because my name is Relentless Life on Your Terms. Yes. You've carved a life on your terms and you're relentless. And more importantly, you've got to back yourself. And I think totally. doing what I do, helping Australian uh, people retire financially secure, helping over 3,000 Australians. And people were saying to me, Chris, if it wasn't for you, I never would have got into the market, I never would have invested, was the way I do it. But knowing your why, I think, is a core thing because it grounds you every single day in your hard things. And I'm sure you've read the book, uh, Know Your Why by Simon Sinek and Find Your Why, which they're very good books for that sense. And we definitely got a lot from that. Are you ready for the quick fire round, Jane? I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. Now, first thing that comes to mind, let's just shoot away. Now, do you have any pets? No. What's your favorite color? Blue. Me too. Why? Uh, love the Carlton Football Club. You know what it means though? It's a, it's a no. healing and a beautiful color. So every color has a meaning. So you attract to that for a reason anyway. So no. look it up. There's, and, and it actually no. suits your character. Nice. What's your favorite TV show? Ooh. I really enjoyed Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. What's your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. They get tougher. You can say pass if you want. Uh, pass. Dark chocolate or white chocolate? White. Oh, good. iPhone or Android? Android. Describe yourself in three words as a teenager. Ooh. Um, curious. Um, driven. Yeah. And happy. I love that. I love it. I love it. Now, one item you can't leave your house without? Phone. Android what is, phone. What, <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. Um, so, I've got so many. I can't answer yeah, this. I know. Exactly right. Um, ownership. When people own, own, owning something, taking ownership. You don't like people taking ownership? No, no, no. I don't like people who don't take ownership oh, of a situation. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah, totally. Me too. Accountability, ownership, absolutely. Best piece of advice you've ever received? Gosh, so many. Um, uh, best piece of advice? Probably just that relentless piece. Just don't stop. So keep getting up and going forward. Correct. Um, if you could live in any other decade or era, which would you live? Wow. Um, I think the 20s. I think that would have been really cool. Okay. If you weren't in the disability sector as an entrepreneur, what would you be? A detective? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm sorry. I got that one for you. <laughs> okay. If your house was on fire and you had to get two things to run back in, what would you get? My wallet and my phone. Okay. <laughs> now, name a book that you read that really impacted you. Ooh, um, the Surrender Experiment. I haven't heard of that one. I'll, I'll talk yeah. to you about it offline. Mm -hmm. um, who would play you in a movie? Fandy Newton. Okay, I'm going to have to check who that is. Um, <laughs> any tattoos? No. 
Okay. Best gift you've ever received? Ooh. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sad that I've gone blank. You got so many. That's good. <laughs> um, best gift I've ever received. I think... Don't, yeah, I think education. I, I, yeah, I really do. I think my parents and, um, yeah, you know, I think there's so many people in this world that don't, that don't have um, the opportunity to, you know, have a good education and continue further study and things like that. And I think, um, you know, I'm very thankful for that because I think it helps you put, it helps put you in good stead for the future. Best investment you can ever make in yourself. I agree. Um, if you could go to dinner with three people, Mm -hmm. either past, living or dead, whatever, mm -hmm. who would they be? Yep. Um, uh, Michelle Obama. Yep. Uh, Meghan Markle. Yep. Wow. And third, third. Uh, Albert Einstein. Good. I was going to say put one mail in there, Jane. Come on. I know, right? I know this lady's power. I'm all for it. But don't forget about the men, I'd say to my wife. We're thrown to the side. Like, I'm all for ladies' empowerment. But don't forget about us as well, yeah? If you exactly. look at women, we're on the bottom of that word as well. <laughs> one strange fact that no one knows about you. Oh, gosh. I think the whole pri the private investigator piece. Okay, so we'll use that one. Now, I would like you to tell me what's a couple key takeaways from this uh, podcast that we've done you'd want an entrepreneur to listen to and say yep they're the key takeaways that I want what would you want them to know this is what Jane went over yeah I think the question that you asked me earlier just around the three pieces of advice I think that that would be probably what I would want people to listen to and take away um, particularly around you know naysayers and people that tell you that you know you're not on the right path or that you should give up your dream or give up your goals because they think it's unattainable yep. I think it's just important to keep you know keep focused stay driven um, but you know that requires a lot of motivation and as you know Chris it's a lot of self-motivation you know you'll be in be in positions and be in areas that you'll be in all alone and not sure what to do and, and you have to really figure it out. But I think that's when you just, you know, you pull reserves and you realize that you are um, becoming a different person throughout this whole experience. You're growing, you're changing, you're evolving. And I think, you know, every day is a school day. <laughs> I love that. And that's why we met and we're talking a lot about that. It is a lonely world sometimes being an entrepreneur, but you meet great people like yourself. So the key takeaways that I've got from what you said is be relentless be curious. If you get knocked up, just keep going forward. And the naysayers or the people that are negative, I think they're great because they're giving up on their dreams, but they actually inspire me to go attack mine. So they're right. very important. And the final one, from a, from a scale of one to 10, how much have you enjoyed this podcast? 10 out of 10. Oh, thanks, Jane. I'll give you the 50 later, okay? <laughs> and no. It's always a pleasure, Jane, to speak to you. I'm really proud of everything you've achieved. You do amazing work in an amazing group of things. You're, you're holding the flag up for all female and male entrepreneurs for that matter. Good luck. I look forward to seeing your cub and many other awards. I'm sure you'll be taken out. I'll be following your career closely. Jane, thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Okay. And me.